assemble a team that will make you proud. I can promise you this. We're going to have players that will compete, that will compete every day, that will compete to be the best that they can be. They're going to be great teammates. That's some bad mo for you. Welcome to 4th and Go Podcast. We are back. It is a beautiful Thursday night here in Texas, and we got some hail, so it got cleared up pretty good. Oh, uh, we are literally two, 13 days in a wake-up uh, from the NFL Draft. The 49ers, as everyone knows, is selecting third, Woo! and by my estimation, it's definitely not Mac Jones. Um, Fernando, what's going on, buddy? What's up, bro? How are you? Uh, just another day, man. Just That's, living. Kids, oh, you know how yeah. this shit goes. That's right, man. They keep us on our toes for sure. But I'm excited, man, to talk talk draft. We're getting closer and closer. All the speculation. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm with you 100% on that one. No Mac Jones, no thank you. And I don't think it's happening anyway. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's been a good week for the 49ers. Um, you know, pro days for Justin Fields. Uh, been a good week for just us as well. But the Yankees got to figure this shit out, by the way. He's got to throw that out there. They got to figure it out. Um, <laughs> oh, man, you know it. <laughs> um, but Justin Fields had his pro day, his second pro day, the one where everyone decided to um, make a big deal. Well, Kyle went to Mac Jones's pro day. So why didn't he go to the first one with Justin Fields? Well, they had this stuff scheduled. If you paid attention to the press conference after the trade, they discussed, you know, potentially having a second pro day for Justin Fields. They end up scheduling it, and it happened two days ago. So uh, Wednesday – I'm sorry, it was Tuesday. Tuesday was the pro day. Um, and, no, Wednesday was the pro day, excuse me. And he, Justin Fields, again, showed consistency uh, in his throws downfield, consistency with his, his boot action, play action stuff. Um, there's a report that, you know, during the pro day, roughly nine to ten plays were ran – specifically for the 49ers and just what the head, the NFL head coaches wanted to see on top of whatever, how many other throws he had, he had made um, during that pro day. Um, you know, it, it's pretty clear the 49ers are very much interested in Justin Fields, but this is something that I have pointed out quite a bit on the interweb with Twitter, you know, using the QB collective shout out to the guys at pro football network who put me on to the QB collective literally last summer. Then I just started doing a little bit digging bit more digging um as you know i live in austin so there's a lot of nfl players down here you've you know and you get to talking there's a lot of stuff that these guys do in the off season and justin fields his connection to the qb collective mike shanahan kyle shanahan and now uh john beck which was really a really really interesting piece uh that matt barrows wrote and something that i had brought up a while ago when it came to zach wilson early on in the season that was rather interesting so it kind of goes back to what we talked about with larry kruger Remember, he said he thought it would be Lawrence, Wilson, and Lance were his top three, where now I'm more convinced, again, I'm more convinced of my thought process that it was Lawrence, Lance, I'm sorry, Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields, especially now with the John Beck connection. So I think Kyle's familiar with Justin Fields because of the John Beck connection. 
He's also obviously very familiar with Zach Wilson, who's been working with John Beck for quite some time as since a freshman in college. Um, so it's just interesting stuff, man. You know, the connections you could run deep with a lot of this stuff. And it's kind of like the 49ers have like a second GM or just like an inside track on these quarterbacks. Yeah, it, it's it's so much fun at this point because, right, I mean, we've been we're in off season and we're speculating, we're speculating and we're putting pieces to the puzzle together, trying to to take, you know, let everyone sleep a little easier knowing who we're going to get. And it's just, it's kind of fun to go through all that and put the pieces together and the connections and what is it that we're trying to do offensively and who fits best in that. And I love this part because now we're, we're close, man. We're in that end game. We've seen feel, you know, we've seen fields twice now, um, both times, you know, he's extremely impressive throwing the ball all over the field, different angles, running left, running right. Um, just such an impressive young guy. Uh, and, and I am super excited because I do think all signs point to fields, but you know, you never know. And as time goes on, maybe things will continue to be more and more clear. But like you said, with all the connections and for what Kyle's looking at and you saw his face, you saw the grinning and the smiling. It was a lot different than maybe, uh, the stale face that you got quite a bit in that Mac Jones pro day. I mean, it's, it's just, a different feeling and it seems like this is the guy and I've gotten to a point, man, where, I mean, this would, this might hurt a little bit if it didn't happen. And mind yeah. you, we're still in a really good place, but if it didn't happen, you know, I, with all the digging and all the research that we've been doing, it's just like, man, I want this, I want this one to hit. I don't want anyone to mess this up and everyone just pick the way everyone's been saying you're going to pick and let's just get our guy and then we can fucking rejoice and hopefully <laughs> everything works out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with the Justin Fields thing, it's, you know, it, it kind of blew my mind to even hear and read some of this stuff. Oh, he's QB5, QB6. It's like he was 1-2 with Lawrence since high school. Like they went to the Elite 11 programs together. Those guys were neck and neck throughout those programs. Um, obviously, he, you know, uh, Justin Fields played at Georgia, transfers to Ohio State, wins a ton of games at Ohio State. You know, the only losses were to Clemson in the uh, in the 2019 playoffs. And then the other loss was against Alabama last in this past uh, title game. So it's not like he's losing to scrub teams. He's, he's going out there competing, um, you know, for all the stuff that all the questions around Justin Fields, you know, it, it doesn't, it didn't make sense to me for that reason. And then what, what really stood out, like I said, it co- comes back to the John Beck thing. Like, you know, Kyle Shanahan's getting information on these guys. It's it's like, since we all know COVID has taken away off-season workouts, um, it's taken away the private workouts, this is just another way for Kyle to get some insight. And I, I, I got to think there's, you know, I'm sure John Beck knows a whole bunch of other GMs and head coaches, but what I'm saying is is John Beck and Kyle Shanahan have a very long history. Um, you know, he was a Washington uh, football team quarterback. He was he was drafted to Washington. Kyle was there when, when Beck was there. Um, and he's, you know, he coaches, he has that 3D QB school that he operates with where Jimmy Garoppolo, CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins have all gone. So Kyle's getting information on those things from, from Beck as well, when it comes to his own quarterback. So of course he's going to get information on Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. And most recently uh, from, you know, a little birdie told me that Kyle had asked for Trey Lance to go see John Beck. So, and then the report came out, Oh, Trey Lance is, working with John Beck. So Kyle's getting as much information as possible 
especially with these no private workouts. You know, we, we see the private workout or the second pro day. It wasn't private. It was open to other teams. You had like, that's just the, the rule for this year. Um, so, you know, you're gaining that extra knowledge. It's just, it's really, really interesting stuff. You know, I, I find more, I find this stuff more interesting sometimes in the regular season because the drama of, of the NFL offseason is pretty intense. You want to put these pieces together for those of us who like to do that. Um, so John Beck has been, to me, like a big part of this whole process. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. And I mean, that's what life's all about anyway. It's all, it's connections. It's who you know, the relationships you've built. Um, and, you know, it doesn't hurt to be able to pick up, like you said, in this day and age where everything's going to be done, you know, via Zooms and phone calls. Uh, we're at a point where why not be able to rely on some of these connections that you build over time and, and provide you some insight in terms of, you know, what these guys are made of from a mental standpoint, how hard they're working when, you know, maybe not all eyes and cameras are on them and, and take that in as you start to, um, you know, assess and watch your own film. And I think that's, I mean, that's just the due diligence. That's a part of it. And it is exciting to just, like, like you said, I mean, we're, we're putting pieces together and connections and, and, you know, familiarities between, you know, individuals and schemes. And it's just, it's an awesome thing to start putting all those pieces together. And it makes a lot of sense that Kyle, you know, might be utilizing a, uh, you know, friendship to, uh, to learn a little bit more about these kids. Yeah. In the Matt Barrows piece in the athletic that came out a couple of days ago, um, he talked about, he had a phone call with John Beck and he, you know, and I quote here, it says, uh, John Beck told Matt Barrows, knowing that I've been around fields the last three months, he'll, he'll reach out, meaning Kyle Shanahan and just wants to ask questions or talk. Beck said on Tuesday in a phone interview from the, his facility in Huntington beach and kind of like prod into what are the things we are working on? The things that I think, Having played in his system, having been having been coached by him, I know how he's going to coach quarterbacks. I know what he's looking for, so I think it's an easy extension of Kyle in terms of the eyes I have for quarterbacks. So Kyle's using an extra set of eyes right now to get more information, and, and it's smart. You know, you use your connections, use what you have. Um, I think the narrative is shifting towards Justin Fields, and this is something that I haven't wavered from for a while. Um, you know, for those of you who are, you know, who follow me on Twitter, you know, well, have you like Zach Wilson? I like Zach Wilson. I still like Zach Wilson, but I liked him back in October, November. You know, I didn't realize he's going to jump from the third quarter, the fourth quarterback to the second quarterback in the draft. You know, I thought we had a chance at him at 12, maybe, but things changed. You know, the guys climbed boards and the Niners were at 12. So, of course, they're out of reach. So, you know, the way I scout, and I think the way you scout, we scout based on the Niners draft position. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go look at guys that we we're out of reach for. But then, you know, we talked about the trade up to three. Now we're within range. So now Justin Fields becomes a reality. You know, I, I know I don't buy into the whole Justin Fields is going to fall. I don't buy any of that stuff. How do you go from, the, like I said, the number two quarterback literally the last four years to being behind Trey Lance and, and Mac Jones? That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up. Um what bothers me the most is the narratives around Justin Fields where they talk about him not being a hard worker. He doesn't love the game of football. It just, and it blows my mind. And we just, we just read the um, Trevor Lawrence piece about how he's, you know, he's fine if he doesn't play football ever again, like that, those, those type of narratives would be completely different on Justin Fields. If Justin Fields said that, let's be honest, you know, or if Trey Lance said that and, you know, not to be, get into some race thing or anything, but you know, the narratives around minority quarterbacks is completely different than, white quarterbacks and that just it is the, the, the truth of the matter so 
you know, for for the folks who think Justin Fields is not, you know, not invested in football, um, Peter King had John Beck on, and I'm going to play a quick uh, quote or a quick piece from that 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 uh, interview, which is really really interesting. Um, give me. Does Justin Fields love football? Is he a hard worker? And I was thinking to myself, that just really doesn't sound like the guy who I'm watching, right? The guy who I watched on TV. But tell me about him as a person, a worker, and what you've seen in him in the time that you've worked with him. Well, you're absolutely right. He was a warrior that night against Clemson, and he battled continuously after that. Most people won't know this because they didn't have an opportunity post-January right after those games to be around him, but we did here. He still was unable to be 100% for weeks after that last game that he played in. That's how that's how severe that rib injury was. That's how, you know, the things that he played through. When somebody plays that way, that shows just how dedicated they are to their craft, to their team, to being a competitor, right? Like to me, when I see that, I think ultimate competitor. That's what yeah. NFL teams are looking for. They want somebody that wants to go out and compete so bad that no matter what shot they take, no matter how bad it hurts, or even if they themselves know that they're no longer at 100% and they're out there at 82%, they're walking out on the field because they want to be out there. So my, in my experience with Justin here in California, he's been great. He's shown all the traits that you need to have to be an NFL starting quarterback. He's shown the work ethic. He's shown the desire to, to stay late. I mean, there are so many days that we finish the throwing session. He walks over, grabs a drink, grabs his football, walks right back out and says, hey, I just want to hit a few more things. I just want to feel this. I want to work on that. And I had times with him that he said, hey, can I come in on the off day and work on some extra things? Absolutely. Hey, I just got this you know, information from this team. I want to go over it. Can you come help me go over it so I can learn it the best I possibly can? To me, that demonstrates somebody that has a great desire to want to be the very best he can and that does absolutely love the game. And I think for whatever team picks Justin, I think that they're going to love the way that he approaches the things that he does and the way that he approaches improving in his craft. I mean, woo! I'm, I mean, Jesus, what? A, I, I love it. I'm all jacked. I'm fired up. I want him now. Like, it's like for all those those skeptics out there, like you said, I mean, this is, that's a guy who's working with him. That's seeing how he works, seeing how he studies and seeing how he prepares firsthand. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get that type of backing by Beck. I mean, that's, that's all I, that's all I need to hear. And mind you, I didn't believe all that stuff in the first place anyway. Um, But I mean, my goodness, I'm fired up. I want this kid. Like, let's go. I mean, we all saw him get rocked in that Clemson game. Right. I was like, oh, shit, this game might be over because he took a big hit and, you know, he was in he was in some massive, massive pain. And then he proceeded to throw six touchdowns. He making plays with his feet, dropping bombs all over the place. And this is not just some random defense. This is uh, a Venables defense at Clemson. Venables gets paid a lot of money to coach that defense. There's a lot of NFL players on that Clemson defense. And he was dropping bombs on them the entire game. Yes, he didn't play that great. I mean, Fields played okay in the next game against the Alabama, but we all know that Beck just said it. He was playing injured. He played through it. He finished that entire game. He took shot after shot in that in that Alabama game, and he was still dealing with injuries after that and going through his training and doing everything he needed to do to get ready for this draft. You know, and, and I think it speaks a lot to the player. I think it speaks a lot to the human of what Justin Fields is. He wants to get better. He wants to be great. You know, for those narratives like, oh, does he really want it? Why – 
where where would that come from? Why is that even out there? And eat? like, what what? It doesn't make any sense. We just watched the guy play through a massive injury, you know. Um, and not to shit on Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy had a high ankle sprain, came back, didn't come back. You know who who knows what the true story is there, but there's a lot of speculation that there was a business decision made. So that that's got to affect Kyle Shanahan's mental. And he's like, hey, look, Justin played through a broken rib for two games, right? George Kittle comes back from a broken foot. Raheem Mostert is back from a high ankle sprain. Jeff, Jeff Wilson's back from another high ankle sprain. Kyle wants tough guys, and Kyle's going to love that. Another thing that stood out was the pro day yesterday. Um, apparently, NCAA, so Albert Breer wrote, um, there's some NCAA rules about who can go run routes for him. Um, so two weeks ago, whenever the first pro day was, they had Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson running routes for Justin. And for one reason or another, by rule, those guys couldn't do it again. It's an NCAA draft rules, whatever it is. That's Albert Breer's quote. So they had to do it with new guys this time around. So Justin was throwing to to two freshmen this time. Jackson Smith and Julian Fleming were the two kids. And my understanding is Justin was, as the workout was going on, coaching these guys up on the routes and how to run this route and how to run that route. Kyle Shanahan has got to be impressed with this guy. Kyle Shanahan was a wide receiver at Texas. Kyle Shanahan is... It's Kyle Shanahan. Like he, he, he's looking for a guy to be an extension of him on the field. He's said it plenty of times. There's folks who, who, who reported that type of information on Kyle Shanahan. That is just more backing on this guy, Justin Fields. And it, you know, like you said, at this point, I'd be, I'd be disappointed if it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like this has to happen. Um, what do you think, man? Listen, I, I mean, you said it best there when he wants an extension of himself out there. You know, he, he doesn't want to just throw a play out there and it be, Hey, here's your plan. A. if this, this is where the ball needs to go out to, he wants someone to be able to go up there, look at the field, analyze some things and make some decisions on their own from time to time. And Kyle can scheme them up with the best of them. I mean, he's getting guys open all over the place, but to have a quarterback on a level where, Kyle can respect his intelligence, his study, him being a student of the game. Um, you know, I, I Justin Fields seems like a guy that's going to be spending a lot of time, you know, sitting right next to Kyle. And what are we seeing here? And what are we doing? And just really, really absorbing those types of things. And I am, I, I'm excited for the opportunity to maybe see a quarterback go out there and just shred somebody you know, with the backing of Kyle and with our offensive players, go back there and make the reads and the big throws, drop back, move around and just make all the right decisions. You know, I'm not asking for perfection, but there was a lot of times this year or the past, even the, the couple of years where, you know, it seemed like it got to a point where we were, you know, looked like we were some kind of one trick pony. You know, we needed to do all these gimmicky type of things to, to free it up and Hey, kept us in games and we won a lot of games that way. But but damn, if Kyle can get that guy back there who's, you know, maybe not as as uh, as high of a, a football IQ as he is, but a young kid that's that's ready, ready and a willing learner. I mean, I think Kyle and Justin would just it, it would just be an awesome match. Yeah. And then you talked about it with Justin, you know, getting to the getting to the line of scrimmage. There's the questions of with Justin Fields. Oh, can he read a defense? Can he get past his first read? And Benjamin Solak of the draft network did a really good job. Um, you know, he, he kind of wanted to, you know, get rid of this narrative about Justin Fields. He, uh, you know, he quoted somebody who said an unnamed source said Justin Fields threw to his second read or yeah, second read only seven times. 
Uh, Benjamin Solak went through all the game tape, all through all the throws. That number went from seven to forty-two. Um, so you know, there's there's just a lot of lies being thrown out there. There's a lot of just misinformation being thrown out there about Justin Fields. You know, and then with with the first read stuff, you know, PFF graded him again. Throws past your first read since 2019, minimum of 60 attempts. Justin Fields did it better than everyone else in this draft class, and he graded out as a 90.6. Zach Wilson was second at 90.1. Trey Lance, 87.2. Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones were seventh and eighth in those rankings. So, you know, these narratives around Justin Fields are kind of wild to me. Now, I, I hope I'm not talking him up too much where he goes one to Jacksonville or two to the Jets. But for what Kyle Shanahan is looking for, you're getting, you're getting the ability to run the RPOs. You're getting the ability to run the zone read. You're getting the ability to throw the ball downfield. You know, we saw a lot of stuff with the 49ers the last two years where defense just – you know, we heard it in 2019, make Jimmy beat you, make Jimmy beat you. And then we saw in 2020 what defense were doing. I think Justin Fields just gives you that fear factor back into this offense. And you see a lot of stuff down the field, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, of course. Um, and then of course, with the threat of the outside zone run game, you have a lot of versatility here with a quarterback who's going to be dynamic. And then of course the extension of Kyle Shanahan, where if Kyle's calling the wrong player, the play isn't working. You have a guy who can move around a little bit and, Make some shit happen. And we've been watching three statues for two seasons. You know, guess we went to the Super Bowl in 2019, but Jimmy was a statue sometimes. I thought he played better when he rolled out, you know? I think one of his best throws was the one against the Rams where he rolls out and just fires a bullet to Kittle, you know? Like, you got to move a little bit. It's either you're – with Jimmy, it's either pitter-patter with his feet or he's just in quicksand. It's like you got to move. And in this NFL, you know, that that three seconds, four seconds, you got to get that ball out and – sometimes leaving less. So it helps to have a guy like Justin. And I think, I, I really think he's the pick. Um, I, I, it doesn't, I don't know, man. It just, everything points to Justin. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it does, and I'm excited and I, I would be bummed if it didn't happen. And I, I know I told you a while ago, um, that's my one fear now that now that I, I've really started to like the kid that he's going to show out to the point where now all of a sudden this Zach Wilson, Justin Fields at two, who knows, you know, solid throw that curveball and just like, Hey, I, I, this is the one I want. Like, and, and Hey, if, if Zach Wilson ends up there at three, I'm not going to be mad, but I've gotten to a point where we have been hey, all signs are pointing this way. And we've been watching a lot of this kid. And one of the really nice things about, um, the Peter King podcast that we listened to <clears throat> it, it, they made, he made a really good point. And when I say him, John Beck made a really good point when he started talking about the, you know, understanding the situation you're walking into and how big of a deal that is to these quarterbacks. Because frankly, you know, if we don't talk about Trevor Lawrence, because everyone just says, you know, he is an absolute phenom game changer. Like it, I mean, He's the sure thing, the quote unquote sure thing. So, you know, no one really even comments too much or analyzes him too much. And everyone's been, you know, Zach Wilson and really picking apart Justin Fields. But all of these guys are going to take coaching. I mean, you're going to have to build some of these guys up more than others, some more than others. And at the end of the day, you know, is your coach ready to work with a young kid, you know, a young kid coming into an offense and some of these positions like a Justin Fields, um, you know, these top three guys are going to come in and, you know, some of them are going to be asked to go out there and perform right away. And the situation that Justin Fields is walking into 
is going to be an awesome situation with a team that was, you know, a year, you know, two years removed from a Super Bowl. And this is a loaded roster with the one of the smartest coaches in the game being back there and in his ear all the time. So this is a situation that a guy like Justin Fields, I mean, this is a perfect situation to really watch him grow into something special. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and just to get off Justin Fields, I think the other part of all this is the Trey Lance factor. You know, him being asked to go see John Beck. And I think Kyle's looking to get to know him a little bit better, trying to figure out what he does well, what he doesn't do well. Um, I think I think both Justin Fields and Trey Lance could start day one. You know, with the Trey Lance thing, people, you know, there's a lot of folks who say, we have to sit him, you have to sit him. Okay, if you sit him, for a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo, that means he hasn't played football in two years. He played one game in 2020, and it was a glorified ex- exhibition. So you're expecting the guy to go two years without playing football and then jump right in the third year? You're asking for trouble. You're asking for injury. You're asking for a lot of mistakes. I think you're better off just throwing him out there with a roster that is constructed right now to win some games. You know, my expectation for the 49ers in 2021 is a playoff berth. I'm not expecting a Super Bowl. You know, I, I set my expectations accordingly just based on what I see on paper from this roster. And then, of course, the rest of the division. I can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, the Niners are going to the Super Bowl this year. Like, that'd be very, you know, stupid of me to do so. I think they could be a playoff team. I think if Jimmy Garoppolo played 10 games last year, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo played 13 games last year, they, they win 10 of them, you know, and those things would that the, the, the season changes and you're not looking to get another quarterback and these things like that. So I think. If, if we can get production out of Nick Mullins, and when I mean production, I mean the ability to score points, and you they were able to score points with Nick Mullins. Why wouldn't they be able to score points with a first-round talent, with like a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence, or oh, obviously Trevor Lawrence, um, uh, Trey Lance or or Zach Wilson, like if those three guys are there. And even Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones would be just fine in this offense. I don't want him in this offense, but we just got done complaining about guys who are statues and guys who don't move very well. Mac Jones is similar to all those guys. He's just, he's, he's literally a Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, like Aaron, Matt Ryan concoction, you know, and you're not getting the mobility and you're in a division where Kyler Murray exists, Russell Wilson exists and Matthew Stafford exists. You need something a little more dynamic at the quarterback position. So that's why Zach, Trey and, and Justin make the most sense. So, you know, I I would expect those guys to start and you don't move up from 12 to three to have a guy sit. Sorry. (laughs) No, absolutely not. And then on top of that, I mean, this is a different day and age in football, right? I mean, these young quarterbacks that are being picked at the places they're being picked, you know, this isn't maybe the nineties and it's like, Hey, you don't start a rookie court. I mean, you don't, you don't draft and they play right away. I mean, that doesn't, that, that doesn't happen all the time. You want to sit them for a couple of years, right? Well, again, it's all about the situation you're in. And if you get, if you talk Patrick Mahomes, I mean, get Alex Smith there doing really, really good things in Kansas city. And that's not a bad guy. If you're going to sit there and watch, I mean, that's, that's a good guy you'd want to look at. I mean, the grind to get where he is, the talent, his story, how hard he works. Um, but situation's a big deal with that. And I don't, I don't see why any of these guys should have to, at least the, the four that we're talking about, you know, or even with Mac Jones, all of them, why any of those guys really should have to sit a year. I mean, that, this is a, for an organization where we talk about these rookie contracts with these quarterbacks I and mean, they want to get them out there and they want to plug them in and let's get this going and let's take advantage of the time we have while you're on a discount. 
I mean, and that's the reality of it. They're not, none of these guys are going to be sitting very long at all, if any. Yeah. And, you know, I know Kyle has spoken about, hey, you know, I want to have this Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes scenario, but is it really Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes scenario? I don't think that's the case because Alex Smith had to do it. He did it twice. He helped get Colin Kaepernick ready. We all, we all remember how that went. Niners went to the Super Bowl that year. Um, and then he's traded. And then he goes to Kansas City, plays three, four years there, wins a lot of games, and they find his replacement. And he has to do it again for Patrick Mahomes. Jimmy Garoppolo was brought in to push Tom Brady, right? You know, that was the earliest the quarterback was taken for uh, Bill Belichick, end of the second round. He was there to push Tom Brady. Tom's like, all right, fuck you, dude. I'm going to go win two more Super Bowls while you're here, you know? And he, you know, Jimmy gets the, I think we all anointed him as the next guy in San Francisco. I know I did. I did. Um, I was hoping. And he was here. He came in. He won those five games. And now he has, he's going to be, he's going to be pushed. So he's been, he's been the other quarterback to push somebody. But are we sure he wants to mentor the guy he's going to be replaced by? Because you don't trade all that up to keep, to keep Jimmy long-term. We all know he's short-term now. So why would he? Why would he do that? You know, with with Alex Smith, Alex Smith's just a different beast. I think this is more reflective of Sam Bradford and Carson Wentz situation, right? The Niners had Brad, I mean, not the Niners. The Eagles had Bradford. The Eagles do all that. They moved up twice to get Carson Wentz at two. Um, that that's kind of where I'm at with it. You know, I, somebody brought up Tony Romo and Dak Prescott as a as a as a scenario, but the reason Dak played was. Tony Romo got hurt. We all remember Tony Romo had a back issue and Dak was a fourth round pick. No one, the Cowboys didn't trade up for him. He had to, you know, the, the injury is what made Dak start. And, you know, for the, for the Cowboys, it probably was the best thing that happened. You know, I don't wish injury on anybody, but I think Romo was kind of getting to the end of his career anyways. Um, but this is this situation. I, I don't, I just can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the teacher for this rookie. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense. No, and, and in all honesty, whether or not that'd be a role that Jimmy Garoppolo would want to play, you know, do I want to teach this? How how far do I want to go to be that guy and and teach him through and and coach him up? But then, you know, if you're Kyle, and do you want him to be like you? You don't. I don't think you really want him to anyway. Like it's it's this is all positioning, and it sounds really good, but you know that that he's being moved and he's not going to sit there and it's just not going to hold, you know, put the mic on and, and the headset and, or whatever. I mean, he's, he's just not going to be that guy and he's, he's got to go and the Niners have to make a move. And, you know, I just call BS that the, it's even an actual option on the table for them that they really plan on keeping him for a year. I just don't, and that doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It hasn't made sense since the since the minute they made the trade up to up to three. I think Jimmy gets dealt draft day, and I think I think I, I go back to the the Kyle Shanahan quote of, <clears throat> you know, we felt we were going to be left at the altar. I think there's going to be a team left at the altar, and their consolation prize might be Jimmy Garoppolo, whether that's Washington, whether that's Chicago, whether that's New England. Chicago, I think it's Chicago, man. Yeah, I mean, and and with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he's going to be successful regardless. I think I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I think he's He's a competent middle of the road quarterback and you're going to win some games with him, you know, but the Niners are ready to move on. They've, they've told you that they're ready to move on. Um, and that it's, it's just time, you know, and it's unfortunate because, you know, we've been, we've been looking for a quarterback for how long since Steve. 
you know, yeah, Jeff, man. we had Jeff I Garcia. Mean, we all love Jeff. We, we thought Colin was the next guy that didn't work. You know, Alex Smith, we thought he was the next guy that didn't work. And then Jimmy, we thought was the next guy. I, I still think Jimmy would have been, I think the Niners would have won a lot more games had Jimmy been healthy, you know, obviously, sure. They, you know, they win eight games in 2018. They probably go to the Super Bowl again in 2019 and they probably win 10 games last year. Jimmy's not yeah. a terrible quarterback. It's just, I think that the biggest thing was Kyle, Kyle said, listen, we, we looked at the last four years and we have to look at how the next four years are going to go. Yeah. And you can't, you can't risk it. You can't risk it with a guy with injury issue. It's, it's just like a relationship, man. It's a relationship. And if, if, the one side, the one party decides that they really just don't see a future with you. And it's better to do it earlier than drag it out and hope your feelings change later. Like at that point, if if that's the vibe they were getting, this is not my future. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. Well then, Hey, let's not, let's not uh, drag it out. Let's make a move. Let's get it done and over with. And you know what? At the end of the day, I think both parties will respect that more as opposed to let's just keep pretending this is all going to iron itself out and you're going to vastly improve and I'm going to all of a sudden like you one day. And it's just not. I mean, I respect it. Let's get it done and over with before people start getting attached and feelings get hurt. Like, let's just get it going. Move on. And let's do this. I think we've all been there. I mean, I think I've, you know, I don't know I've been the worst in the past. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I've listened, but I can't. You know, there's we all been been there. There was a we had a girl we liked. We're always looking, you know, and that's kind of I think where the Niners were. They liked their current girlfriend, but they're going to go find another one if they could. You know, I, I hope that doesn't sound bad, but I think that's just kind of the situation. They were always looking to upgrade the quarterback position for a while. And I think, you know, I, I go back to a lot of the comments that I that I got, you know, I kind of ignored where John Lynch is like, yeah, Kyle was kind of in mourning that he didn't get Kirk Cousins and. Josh, and then he then and then and then Kyle speak, uh, speaks of I, I was kind of hoping Josh Allen would have came out a year earlier, you know, like all these little subtle hints, like little jabs. Not I wouldn't say jabs at Jimmy Garoppolo, but you could tell that Kyle wasn't completely sold and happy with his quarterback position. And you know, it is what it is. And then and I, I think this is their shot. This is this is the legacy defining decision for these two, for John and Kyle. They oh, get yeah. this wrong, it's over. Yeah, if they get this wrong, I mean, I, I they can't get this wrong. They just can't. I, I, I mean, I don't want to even think about what that means when all of a sudden one day they everyone goes, all right, well let's let's start all over again and see if we can get this right. I can't do that because I just thought we got our shit together. Like yeah. I just, I just thought we'd a couple. You know, I'm like shit. We just, we're back, and then oh fuck. So hopefully they get it right, man. They got to yeah. get it right. Yeah, they got to get it right. Um, so at pick three, we all know it's going to be a quarterback. We can ignore Kyle Pitts, and and there's no edge rusher worth picking at three. There's no offensive tackle worth picking at three for the Niners. You know, it is what it is. Um, QB all day. That's done. Yeah, done deal. They've told us it's quarterback. They're not hiding it anymore. Um, you know, I want to focus on going forward. What do they do at 43, 102, 117, and I think – I think 43 will be an edge guy. 102 will be a corner. And then they're going to take a wide receiver at 117. I think this is kind of how it all plays out. So, you know, it's, they got to fill this depth in these holes. But um, that, should, that should really cover it. You know, the, the pro day is really what we wanted to talk about. And, and with Justin Fields and the interest in the 49ers, I think 
I think all the pieces are coming together, you know, from 2017, the QB collective with Justin Fields, you have the John Beck connection. And then obviously it's all tied to Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan and Richmond flowers, the agent of all these, of all these people. And then of course, just like you said, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and these relationships are going to be a big factor into why. And I think a lot of the folks who are really close to Kyle are kind of hinting at it. Sage Rosenfeld, uh, Brian Paltinger, uh, you know, Mike Silver, these guys, they've they've been consistent on the fields, track, train, and no to Mac Jones. And I think if we follow those breadcrumbs that they're putting out there on social media and, and through their interviews on radio and TV, you can kind of piece it together that Justin Fields was probably the guy originally, and he should be the guy at pick three. So hopefully it happens. I need it well, to happen for my soul. I know I need it to happen, but I, you know, hopefully I'm not jinxing anything, but the very last time I did a little mock draft, Salah, Salah fucked it up and he went Justin Fields too. the last time I did a mock draft. <laughs> so we end up with that. I just, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to jinx anything, but that's the shit I'm worried about, bro. I mean, that's, that's the shit, but I do, you started talking about our later picks the 43 and 102 in all honesty, I think we've gotten to a point where in my, in my opinion, that's, that's best available at any of these positions that, that you need an edge, a corner, whatever it is, but there it's a good place to be best available. Cause I think there's going to be some really fucking good talent right at that bottom half there that, you know, we could, depending on, on what they do and we could get a damn good player. And even if it isn't necessarily a, a, an exact position that we thought we needed right away, you know, I think we could just continue to just bolster at that 43. I think that's going to be a really awesome. I think that's going to be a big pick. Cause I, I think I already know what three is. So in my head, I'm like, who, who ends up falling a little bit? Do we get our, you know, is there somebody that I didn't even think about that might be available, but uh, you know, I'm ex- that's, that's the pick I'm really excited for that 43, 102. What do we do? Does Jimmy end up being something even a little later round? Do we get something like, I'm excited for that. I mean, that, that 43, 102 is the one that I've been racking my brain on the most. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Uh, but let's get out of here, Fern. Um, as yes, always, sir. this is the Fourth and Gold Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcast. And then, of course, follow me on Twitter at JavierVake underscore. Follow my guy, Fernando, here at DZ0880, y'all. And then, of course, just check out the website, 49ers Goldmine. All the guys putting out really good work. We got some draft crush pieces coming out tomorrow, or by the time you hear this, it should be out. Um, and then a couple more mock drafts. We got a couple more things coming up. We're going to try to get on. Um, looking at ad, we're looking at trying to get one of the Ohio State players on. No, not Justin Fields. He won't. He said no. I asked. I'm trying, but no. <laughs> but another Ohio State player. I'm working on trying to get him on the show. Uh, pretty excited about that. Hopefully, he does reply and say yes. We've already said he said yeah, and we've got to figure out a time. But we'll figure that out and get that out to you guys once we get it. Um, but until sometime next week, man. Everyone, stay safe. Take care of yourselves, and uh, we will talk to you guys later.